0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Wineskins. I'm Father Jim Cordo. Wineskins is a program that features reflections on the lives of the saints and the sacred scriptures, along with a variety of issues and topics, all from a Catholic perspective. Wineskins is brought to you through the Annual and Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of St. Paul. On our program today, I will interview Father Joe Whitmer. We will also hear more information on St. Apollonia, and today, as the Church celebrates a 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we will get a deeper insight into those particular Sunday readings, that and more on wineskins. Catholic Charities is an important part of the life of the Church and her members. To share with us an important issue is Nancy Voidus. With me now is Nancy Voidis, who is the Executive Director of Catholic Charities for Mahoning, Columbiana, and Trumbull Counties. Welcome back to Wineskins.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me today.
0: You know, Nancy, uh, every time you visit us here at Wineskins, we learn more about what's going on at Catholic Charities, but we want to focus on one area because this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Yes. So it's crucial that we spend some time talking about that. How did this all come about and why is it important for us to lift it up?
1: Well, just as background, Catholic Charities Regional Agency operates Christina House, which is a domestic violence shelter that serves Columbiana County. And even though our agency serves three counties, that is where our domestic violence shelter and programs are. Part of our programming down there also involves helping people get protection orders, working with the prosecutor's office, also getting people counseling and helping them with relocating at times or just getting their lives back after experiencing domestic violence. So October is designated as Domestic Violence Awareness Month. One of the things we did this month was a Take Back the Night walk We had a walk around the city of Lisbon, and it's just to try to raise awareness. Our concern is that there's people out there who are victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, rape, different types of serious issues, and they're not getting that help. And we want to make sure people know that there is help available. There is alternatives to the life you're leading and trying to get them out of these serious situations.
0: And it's really a complex issue when you talk about it and think about it. There's a fear of moving on because of reprisals. Right. There's also a fear of moving on because you're used to this situation and you get used to the violence. Right. Uh, how does one really break out of all that?
1: Well, I've heard speakers in the past talk about it takes seven times Mm. on average for people to actually leave. Mm. So that's why you hear a lot of times people leave and go back, leave and go back. Mm -hmm. It takes an average of seven times. The example I heard was if you think about if you're going away for a weekend... And you think about all the things that you need to do to make those plans just to go away for the weekend. I know, like, for us, it would be finding somebody to watch the dog, making sure we made reservations, making sure we have money. I mean, just all the arrangements you make just to go away sometimes. We're asking people to leave their home, many of them who don't have income because the other person is the one with the income we're asking them to leave for the rest of their life for their whole life so it does take a lot of preparation but we want people to know that we're here to help them with that Mm -hmm. and that's why the services are available that's why they're important we just want to make sure people know that we're here to help Mm -hmm. with that situation
0: we know that during the pandemic that reality kind of got even worse. Yes. Because people were confined to their homes. Yes. Have you seen any changes since the pandemic's been eased a little bit?
1: We're starting, I think, to see more people taking advantage. There was like a lull for a while, and it wasn't just us, where people were not seeking shelter. Mm-hmm. And it was a weird phenomenon where we were getting a lot of calls, but then people weren't coming in. Mm-hmm. neither they couldn't get in or they couldn't get out or whatever. We are starting to see a little bit more where people are coming out again. There are more crisis calls coming in. So, you know, we're just trying to get that message out there. We work really closely with the prosecutor's office and with job and family services and children's services, just trying to make sure we're all working together. So that's some of the things we've seen since the pandemic that are on the positive end.
0: What would you say to someone who is in the situation that might be listening as to what to do, where to go, how do they find you?
1: They can get to us through the law enforcement if they need to, through a hospital. They can call our crisis line. In Columbiana County, it's 330-420-0036. We are trying to get more information out there at different places so that those phone numbers are available. But if they make that call, we will make arrangements to either meet them or get them transportation into the shelter.
0: And very briefly, how could we be supportive to those people that are in that domestic violence situation?
1: I think it's important not to be judgmental towards people. There is kind of that thing like, well, why don't you just leave or why don't you just get out of there? Why do you put up with that? And it's not that simple. So being Mm nonjudgmental and being compassionate about people really need help and support. When you talk to people who have gotten out, that's their biggest thing that they say. The biggest thing to their survival was... Being, people being supportive and just helping them and not judging them for the situation they were in.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Nancy Voidus, Executive Director for Catholic Charities for Mahoning, Columbian, and Trumbull Counties, thank you for highlighting Domestic Violence Awareness Month this month and for pointing us in the right direction for those especially who need help and for those of us who want to support that cause. So thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. St. Apollonia was a virgin and martyr. To tell us more is Diana Hencherenko. She is a young adult minister at St. Angela Merici Church in Youngstown.
2: St. Apollonia lived during the third century and was martyred for not renouncing her faith under the reign of Emperor Philip. Apollonia had all her teeth knocked out after being hit in the face by a persecutor. She was threatened with fire unless she renounced her faith, but Apollonia willingly jumped into the flames. She is known as the patron of dental diseases. The account of the life of St. Apollonia was written by St. Dionysus to Fabian, Bishop of Antioch. Apollonia refused to renounce her faith even after such a terrible blow to the face that damaged and knocked out all of her teeth. And even after being threatened to be burned to death, she willingly did so instead of renouncing her faith. Not only is she considered the patron of those with dental problems, but also those suffering from toothaches. Ancient art depicts her with a golden tooth at the end of her necklace. Also in art, she is seen with pincers holding a tooth. This saint who died in the year 249 is a witness to all of those who suffer in any way because of poor dental hygiene or disease. Let us pray. O glorious Apollonia, refuge of all those suffering from diseases of the teeth, we consecrate ourselves to you and those who suffer in such a way as to need your intercession and comfort. Assist all of those in dental pain with your intercession with God in their pain. Pray that their heart, like yours, may be inflamed with the love of Jesus and Mary. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: With me again is Father Joe Whitmer, who is a retired priest of the Diocese of Youngstown, but also a former ecumenical officer for many years. Welcome back to Wineskins. Thank you, Father Corder. You know, when you are with us, Father Whitmer, we talk a lot about interfaith and ecumenical dialogue and affairs and relationships and attitude. And, and that is extremely important for us, especially as Christians, as people of faith. We know that you've had some significant roles, not only here in the diocese, but also nationally. And I'd like to talk a little bit about your time with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and that is primarily in interfaith affairs. You started there in 1979 and concluded in 1987. Talk about some of those early years as an ecumenical affairs officer for the conference.
3: When I was coming down there, they said, you'll be working with Orthodox, how do you feel? And I said, well, we've had Orthodox in the Mahoning Valley and had contacts with them. And I said, I I think I feel pretty comfortable and know I have a lot to learn. But I was to staff then for those eight years the dialogues with the United Methodist Church, with the Episcopal Church, with the Eastern Orthodox Churches, with the Oriental Orthodox Churches, and also staffed on the Catholic side the dialogue with Southern Baptist scholars. So those were the big ones. We had a staff person who was in charge of Catholic-Jewish relations, but occasionally I'd sit in on one of their events, and that was very, very pleasing.
0: Now, was the ecumenical and interfaith affairs going on at the diocese at the time that you left to go to the conference?
3: They certainly were. The Catholic Church, the diocese have become involved in the Mahoning Valley Association of Churches and continues to be. There have been many events and different persons in our diocese who made special efforts and inputs and created a lot of activity, interest, and commitment to ecumenism.
0: We know also that very recently the bishops published some information document that talks about many of those opportunities that they've instituted and initiated across the diocese and across the nation. So talk briefly about some of those, maybe not specifically, but why has it been important for bishops to be part of this process?
3: Certainly for Catholics and the Catholic Church, the interest and availability of the bishop to be part of such discussions and relationships is very important. At the same time, one recognizes that different bishops have different levels of past experience and current knowledge and available time, so one works with what one can. It's been a a good experience over the years as different priests or different bishops have stepped up. As I said, Bishop Tobin said yes to the Lutherans as to not only an event, celebrating the joint declaration on the doctrine of justification, but also said, let's enter into a covenant. And so that began.
0: And of course, our own Father George Blasco for many years was involved with Jewish-Christian dialogue and relationships, and even today continues uh, those efforts. Our own Bishop Malone many years ago when he was ordinary was very involved with the Methodist community. Uh, That was near and dear to his heart as well. Why is it important for us as priests, as clergy, as people of faith, to be part of this dialogue?
3: Well, of course, our Current bishop has as his motto that they all may be one. That certainly was a theme from the Vatican II, picked up on in the documents and in the things that unfolded going on even today. So to make that happen means people must meet people, take an interest in people, and in what they believe and what their history is as individuals and as churches.
0: Now you've been involved with this for a long time. As we look to the future, and that's important for us to kind of look ahead, what is kind of the climate that you would see, and what is the, I guess, prognosis for us as people of faith here in the Diocese of Youngstown as we continue those efforts?
3: I think being aware of things that are happening in different people's lives, that the life of many churches, some are being very enthusiastic and, and others are going through troubling times. And to, in a sense, as we ourselves would talk, we need to hold each other's hand and cry with them, pray with them that there will be a greater unity and that instead of moving apart, that one does what one can to be faithful And united. What
0: would you like to tell the folks that are with us that might not be involved in ecumenical relationships or may not have exposure to other people of faith? What would
3: you like to share with that? Find ways. You read the newspaper, you watch the television, you hear on the radio events are happening. Go and look around, introduce yourself to somebody. If somebody has a good idea that you resonate with, take a first step. And being cooperative and helpful.
0: You know, it's interesting as you were talking about that, and you alluded to that at one point. In the past, we were told not to participate in other religions other than our own. And this of course is pre-Vatican II. But there are many people that even today are very cautious and apprehensive. But as people of faith, and you had mentioned specifically Bishop Bonner's coat of arms that all may be one that it's really our call, our challenge. It's really part of who we are as Christians because that was Jesus's greatest prayer. It wasn't the Our Father. Mm -hmm. His prayer is that they may all be one. So anything that we can do to further that and to encourage that and to be
3: part of that is
0: really important. Just one final thought.
3: Be attentive, be aware, be ready to take a step forward other people are as some as concerned and hopeful as we are be there for them be with them
0: father joe Whitmer, longtime ecumenical officer for the diocese of youngstown and also working very diligently on the national level thank you for your longtime service for your dedication and also commitment to the whole prayer of jesus that all may be one thank you for more pertinent information and to listen to wineskins visit www org. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment.
3: Christopher Minnitz. Thoughts on making every day count. Here's Monsignor
4: Jim lasanti
0: Hello, friends. Owen Bradford Butler had a knack for sales. His talent propelled him up the corporate ladder at Procter & Gamble till he became chairman of the board. But Mr. Butler believed that he should use his skills for more than just personal career advancement. In particular... He had an interest in early childhood development. Mr. Butler became a passionate advocate for children, often speaking out on corporate America's responsibility to support their development. Today, Bright Beginnings, the program he helped create in Colorado, brings an increasing number of newborns and their moms' support each year. My friends, if your talents bring you success, it's important to give something back to the community. Whenever you help someone in need,
5: you create a brighter future for them and for yourself. I'm Monsignor Trimblosanti. Thanks for listening, and God bless you. Church World Service believes that being self-reliant is a joy everyone should share. So around the block or around the world, share the joy. They say America is the land of opportunity, but for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to PovertyUSA.org today. Because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development.
0: Our song today is from the CD called The Living Christ. It is by the Kellenberg Memorial High School Choir. As we celebrate this 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we will hear more about the
6: sacred scriptures by Deacon William Wainio. When I was in high school, I got my first job as a busboy and a dishwasher at one of our local banquet halls. It was a very fast paced job that took up most of my free time on weekends and even some holidays. There was no rest for the weary during the busy months of graduation and wedding season. I know all too well what it takes to produce a banquet of great numbers and to make someone's special day a moment they will always want to remember. I mentioned this job because it taught me great life lessons in hospitality and that's what today's gospel is all about. Hospitality. Jesus's message is one of universalism He is teaching that the kingdom of heaven is open to everyone, not only the Jewish people. And like all the parables of Jesus, he uses a familiar setting, an image that everyone in first century Palestine could understand, a beautiful wedding feast. It's no coincidence that the gospel today ends with, Many are invited, but few are chosen. Just take a look at the passage. Many were invited in the parable to the wedding feast, were they not? You had the folks invited that assumed they were representing the Jewish people who were the first to be invited to go to the kingdom. You have the good and the bad, and the slaves found these people in the highways and the byways. The good and the bad represent the Gentile people. And it shows that God is now inviting them into the kingdom of heaven as well. And that the wedding banquet ends up being filled with these guests. Truly, this is a hope filled moment. Many have been invited, many have been called. The question remains who are the chosen in the parable? Are they the Jewish people? Could it be the Gentiles? It would seem that the number of Gentiles are the ones that are chosen. And then what about the gentleman who is not clothed in the proper garment? What does this signify to us? Many gospel and scripture scholars say that this gentleman in the gospel clothed in these rags is represented of those who are not clothed in Christ. We take comfort that through our baptism we have been clothed with Christ. It says it right there in the baptismal ritual, and we are reminded of it even in the funeral ritual. We have put on Christ. And now we must live as one who embodies the love and the righteousness of Jesus. How do we do that? Have we trusted that Jesus died for our sins, for the sins of all mankind? Do we show through our word and actions that we embody the love and the righteousness of Christ in our daily life? I trust that most of us hearing this message today are ones who embody the person of Jesus well in our daily lives. Now we have to work to build the kingdom here on earth. Now we have to work to welcome others to the fold. We have to help others be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. We have to encourage those who are afraid We have to encourage those who feel they are not good enough or those who have failed. We must walk with them, never ahead of them or behind them. We are all human. We will all falter and fail. But that's the great peace promised to us by Jesus, that God's ever-loving compassion and forgiveness is available to us through the sacraments. We must change our clothes to be one again clothed in Jesus Christ. We are all called, yet only few are chosen. Demonstrate that you are a chosen one by trusting in Jesus Christ today and always. And never fear to share the message of the Gospels with all those you meet. For wineskins, I'm Deacon William Waineyer.
0: Life is a banquet. The preparations have been made. God has done everything that even God can do. What happens now is up to us. The invitation is in our hands. Open it, and it will read, Everything is ready. Come to the feast. Wineskins is a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. It is brought to you by the Annual Diocesan Appeal, The Catholic Communication Campaign and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda, wishing you a beautiful week.
3: What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a
0: hug this morning. I thought I uh, I love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. (laughs) I think it looks pretty good.
3: I cooked my husband's uh, favorite
6: breakfast.
0: I bought her an orchid.
6: What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email. I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up
3: but she's still
5: laughing. (laughs) What have you done for your marriage today? Make a change for the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. They say America is the land of opportunity, but for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to povertyusa.org today. Because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development.